<laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Heels on the Court. Sam, <laughs> how's it going? I want to talk about it. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about and I don't want to talk about it. So today we're going to talk about <laughs> the obvious from um, the last podcast. Um, I don't remember, did we bet? on uh did we make a money wager because if we did i think you owe me something i'm not that um, stupid <laughs> <laughs> um uh of course today we're gonna talk about um the wild card game uh the browns versus the steelers and we're gonna talk about college football we're gonna talk about the alabama ohio state game uh, and everything that went on during that and yeah, we get to see Sam be be upset about his Steelers not winning after you know talking all that smack about um, <laughs> Cleveland. I'm I'm wearing my pirate sweatshirt because I know that they <laughs> won't have any success, and I'm proud. They will lose more games than any team has ever lost in the history of Major League Baseball in one season. And I'll be there for every second of it. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, at least you're loyal. But um, let, let, let's just jump right into it. So the Cleveland Browns just overcame all of it. If you guys aren't up to speed, um, the Browns, honestly, nobody really knows what happened. Um, the Browns dismantled the Steelers. It was a 48-37 to game in the wild card round on Sunday where – the Browns picked up the franchise's first postseason victory in more than a quarter century, and now they're going to be playing the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday, um, who are the defending Super Bowl champions. Um, just to put it out there, I don't think the Browns are going to beat the the Chiefs. I also don't think if the Steelers had won, I don't think that they would have beat the no, Chiefs. No, so and either I said way, that last time. Yeah, either way, this is just kind of, um, it, we we already kind of have a feeling of how it's, it's going to end up, um, but it's just kind of exciting because, so they had a first-year head coach, um, Kevin Stefanski, and um, their Pro Bowl guard, uh, Joel Betonio, and their top cornerback, Denzel Ward, um, all tested positive for COVID-19. And so it, it's, it, it was a bit of a mess. It was a bit of a mess. And so despite practicing just once over the last two weeks and having lost 17 straight at Heinz Field, um, the Browns won. Um, it, yeah, is is crazy. And they had their special teams coordinator, uh, Mike Pryfer, who's a Cleveland native, um, he was filling in for Stefanski when he came down with COVID-19. And then, like, it is such um, a circus. I don't want to swear on our podcast, but it was such a, a, a show, insert your own cuss word, whatever you want to do. Um, but they did it with efficiency and swagger. Um, Sam, any wow. comments? Wow, I can't believe I can't believe I'm <laughs> sitting here right now having this discussion. Uh, <laughs> I'm at a loss for words. I actually just got a text from a friend who 
actually listens to us. Uh, that <laughs> sent me a quote that says, "If you're from Cleveland, I hate you." Uh, I don't remember <laughs> saying that, but apparently you I did. did. You did. <laughs> You did. Um, And I also have a couple of friends who actually listen to the podcast and a lot of them texted me during the week and were like, wow, that Sam guy really hates Cleveland. Like, what did Cleveland ever do to Sam? And I was was like, honestly, um, I don't really know. I don't really want to get into it. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. And I don't think he really has, (laughs) like, too much against Cleveland. I think he was just really passionate about the Steelers. It was more of that kind of a thing. But you you did say that... um, um, if you're from Cleveland, I, I hate you. Well, okay. Um, I, <laughs> did you watch the, the pregame show? I did not, no. Did you see, so you didn't see them, you know, interviewing a bunch of random people from Cleveland that said literally the exact same thing in reverse? <laughs> no. Where <laughs> <laughs> one of them said, if you're from Pittsburgh, I hate you. And, and so, I mean... <laughs> It, it I mean, goes both ways. There you go. You know yeah, what? The, the rivalry uh, is back. How's it, that? It's good. It's good. I've been doing a couple of like job interviews, and I've been getting the question um, a lot lately. Like, are you a competitive person? And I think that there's a lot of negative connotation with like competitive and like rivalries and stuff. But I think it's a lot of fun. It makes it makes sports fun. You know. So I'm glad that you yeah. guys finally. Um, it's back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> How do you answer that question, by the way? Just on a side note. Oh, yeah, I'm hella competitive. Typically. Have you never played board games with me? Okay, but that doesn't mean that's how you answer the question. <laughs> oh, well, I mean... I know, I, I know how you I literally, are. I, <laughs> I, 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 I had a job things. interview. <laughs> I had a job interview today, and I got that question, and um, I answered, I'm a very competitive person, whether it comes to me playing sports, whether it comes to me achieving, or whether I'm sitting down at the kitchen table playing board games with my family. Um, it's true. I like... I like to win. Um, it feels good, and this might sound a little conceited, but when I do win, it makes me feel better than everyone else. Um, but that's <laughs> hey, that's why everybody likes winning, right? It makes you feel better. Um, so I, yeah, I'm a very competitive person. I think that's why my parents only had one child is because they didn't want to deal with like the competitiveness in our household. Um. <laughs> I'll tell you, I, I hate losing. Losing is way worse than how great winning is. I I, I just hate losing. Oh yeah, it's... no that that's another question that I used to get. What do you identify with more? Do you love to win or hate to lose? And that's that's hard. But I hate losing more then i love winning losing just sucks it's the worst like i can tell you like i'm when i'm coaching when i worked in the sec like you you lose a game and you're thinking about that loss if you play on a tuesday you play again on a a, a saturday or something it's like the longest yeah. week ever you win oh yeah and it feels like it's back to back days uh yeah. it's just <laughs> the wins, there's never enough wins, always too many losses, no matter how good of a team you are. But anyway, back totally. back to the NFL. 
Yeah, um, let's talk about the losers. Let's talk about Roethlisberger and how he threw three first half interceptions, which led to two direct Brown scores. Sam, please. Yeah, the well, floor is yours. <laughs> I, I think some. You're really taking joy in this, but there's some I am. some quarterbacks <laughs> that can play to 40, and there are other quarterbacks that can't. How often do we see a quarterback? actually make it into his 40s even late 30s and still be a really high quality guy it just doesn't happen yeah. so the first yeah, 11 no, games I mean, even if you I, I'm really I'm staunchly against this idea that the Steelers were only 11 and 0 because they played bad teams I don't think that's true at all um, no no they were 4 and 0 against three playoff teams in that stretch uh, they beat the Ravens twice they beat the Titans and Oh God! Who did they beat? They beat. Um, help me out here. I I'm blanking. I'm trying to think. I know uh, I'm blanking it was, too. It was. I don't know, but they, I mean, look, they also in the the final stretch lost to some teams that were playoff teams as well. Um, but let me look and see if I can find out. Anyway, was it the Colts? Um, no, they beat the Colts at the end of the year. It was the second to last game. Uh, the Browns, thirty-eight to seven. Um, they beat the Browns, thirty-eight to seven. So you, you can't tell me that's a bad team. Um, no. and you know, it 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 really brings up the question: is how much of a factor did Juju Smith-Schuster play in all of this? Like, I I hate yeah. to be that guy. I hate to go there, but doesn't it just kind of feel like the Steelers being the Steelers again, and just uh, just dancing on the other team's logo and whatever. Look, I'm all for doing that stuff in the locker room. And yeah. and that's great. But I mean I, I just don't I don't understand what goes through your mind that makes you think it's okay to go out on the field and do that before a game in front of the other team. It's not even like they don't have a chance of seeing it before the game. Like I, I just <laughs> Explain yeah, it to me, please, I, because I I don't get it. I don't I don't, I don't have it. an explanation. I just you know, um, yeah, I really don't have anything to justify that. I mean, I like I get I get the whole rivalry thing and all of that. Um, but then I think it comes into play, and this is where like my sports administration background and the educational side of that with Northwestern comes in is, you know, we did studies about um, like the sore loser kind of thing. And, you know, we looked at, uh, I believe we looked at Cam Newton and we looked at like a bunch of different football players and things like that. And, you know, the, I'm just here so that I don't get fined like, and basketball players and press conferences and things like that. And, you know, we all really hate to see sore losers and i think that um there's such a stigma with that that i feel like it's almost accepted and kind of like egged on for people to do that kind of stuff like dancing on on logos and whatever um and like excessive celebrations and things like that because um you like the fans want to see it and it's all about the views and it's all about, you know, the uproar and the adrenaline rush that you're getting and people make stupid decisions uh, when they do that. And I think that has more of something to do with 
you know, the chemical stuff in your brain and just getting amped up on adrenaline. Like, people do stupid stuff. It's not just athletes. Like, we got to remember that athletes are humans, too, um, and people do stupid things. So I think that that's... um, I mean, it's not a justification at all. Like, I I agree with you. It's wrong. Um, But, yeah, I just... I think that sports kind of encourages that kind of thing or, like, the... Not not encourages it, but just like the aura around like sports culture might might encourage that kind of stuff. And you know, it's big news, and a lot of people are like, "Oh, any press is good press," which is not true. I took a PR class on that. That is not true. Um, <laughs> I think for personal <laughs> brand, in this case, it's true. I think that yeah. Here's here's what I think. Juju Smith Schuster is is no stupid human being. Uh, no. As much as we both hate USC, USC is a really good school. Uh, you know, he, although, you know, they may let people in who shouldn't be in that are athletes, but I don't think that when, when, when you hear what he has to say, that's, we don't need that's to get not, into that. That's not yeah. Him. No, we don't need to get, well, we, at some point we do need to get into that. We can. But, yeah. But, but to, I, this I podcast is going somewhere else today. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think that, that that's him. Um, no. And. He, I, I, people want to say, you know, compare it to the Antonio Brown situation and compare it to Le'Veon Bell. And I I just don't think that they're related. What I think is happening here is here's a guy in a contract year, right? And there are so many sponsorship deals out there and, and so many commercials to do. And you're in a contract year. He's, he performed really well. Um, even after he did some stuff that maybe he shouldn't have been doing off the field, he still performed really well. He had that fumble against Cincinnati that people wanted to say was a direct result of what he did before the game. I don't even know if that's true. I think that's just trying to create storylines. But yeah. I think as a as a businessman, it's pretty smart because now he's got this giant following on TikTok. Like any any team that signs him is going to see a spike in jersey sales or you know whatever oh, totally. it is. Yeah, so for him, it's brilliant. For the Steelers organization, it's probably the worst thing that could have happened. And Oh, yeah. This, yeah. But on top of it, I, I want to say just watching all of the games. Ha- missing Bud Dupree and Devin Bush was the reason that the Steelers couldn't win a playoff game. Not, not Juju Smith-Schuster's antics. As much as I didn't like it personally and just yeah. kind of being in a coach's background and not liking that sort of stuff. C- come on. Th- that right. had nothing to do with it. Yeah. He, still, he had a but great I mean, game. Yeah, yeah, go on. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I mean, I think that, like, while it's shocking that Cleveland won, you know, let's just look at the final score, 48-37. to 37. It's not like Pittsburgh didn't try you know what i mean yes there were like bad plays and yes it wasn't the outcome that everybody expected but that's a close game that's not that's not a game that i would call a blowout like um you know alabama notre dame that we saw a couple weeks ago yeah i mean you were down 28 nothing at the end of the first quarter to to lose by 11 that's pretty i mean i don't want to say it's good because there's there's no there's nothing good about losing ever, especially in the no, playoffs but, to a division rival. But 
They, they could have been lay they down, could have been 28-0. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that we're – as much as I love how the Browns won, um, Pittsburgh does does get some credit um, for being able to come back the way that they did. Um, and I think that, you know, while maybe this year was not the year, and I think this year is not a year for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons, specifically the pandemic being the main one, um, I think that, you know, to see a team – be able to do something like that with everything that's going on it's still it's still pretty amazing i think that we like to be a little bit tough and a little bit critical of of teams when they lose um but it's still it's still pretty impressive but can mm-hmm. you believe that the browns um it's the first time that they've gotten a postseason victory of any kind since beating new england on the road on new year's day in 1995 well, I mean, I've as a fan, I've been through a similar situation. <laughs> I mean, but that because... was three months before Baker Mayfield was even born. Uh huh. Which is <laughs> well, what, it was ninety five, right? Ninety four or ninety five? Ninety five, and their first playoff win okay. on the road since December twenty eighth of nineteen sixty nine. That is eight my years goodness. after my mom was born. <laughs> Jeez, I I didn't know that second one. Um, yeah, but yeah, you, you're talking about. Oh my my goodness! I, what am I supposed to say at this point? I dug myself Nothing. such a deep hole. Uh, but <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I totally know what it's like to be a fan of a team like that, and and it sucks. And yeah. and then when you break through, it's crazy. But don't don't be too excited yet because. I know that they're not gonna they're not gonna beat the Chiefs. I mean, if they do, I I will eat crow. I will I will completely apologize to the Browns organization and anybody who is a Browns fan. Um, I and I have no stake this year. I don't care who goes to the Super Bowl this year. I just want a good game. Um, so that's that's my take on it. But I would be shocked. So shocked if the Browns if the Browns win against the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm sticking to what I said before. The Steelers wouldn't have beaten the Bills, and the Browns are not going to beat the Chiefs. Um, no. So the, those two situations just wasn't going to happen. And and if the Browns play the Ravens in the AFC Championship, I quit. I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. Because I need your I resignation two weeks game. beforehand. Um, I need it in written notice, and I need you to help me find a replacement co-host. Yeah, I'll, I'll find a replacement, <laughs> but I'm done, and I'm I'm moving to an island, and I'm never watching sports again because I can't. <laughs> I can't watch a Browns a game guaranteed with the Browns or the Ravens going to the Super Bowl. No, I can't do it. I can't, I can't watch that. So I'm, I'm the biggest Chiefs and Bills fan of all time right now. I need them both to pull it out and win. And then that way, anything that happens is fine with me. Uh, if, I mean, I I can believe it happened, but I can't believe it happened at the same time. It's, it's It was such a brutal start. I don't, how does that happen? Like, I... I, snap, I honestly don't know. <laughs> first snap over Roethlisberger's head into the end zone. Browns touchdown. Like, what? 
mm-hmm. with the with an all pro center, one of the best centers in the, the last decade. <laughs> what is happening? I and and I'm sitting there, and at that moment, like I'm like, they're not recovering from this. There's no way. <laughs> There's absolutely no way they're recovering from this. And 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 sure enough, 28 points later, they finally started to make a little bit of a push at it. And it reminded me of the 2002 game a little bit where I was like, oh, here we go. Here we go. But no, then not meant to be. So, oh, well, good. Nice job. Maybe next year. Good job. Good job, Browns. You won a playoff game. Congratulations. <laughs> um, But with all that being said, I won't annoy you with Cleveland any longer than you need to be. Uh, let's let's move on to some college football. Let's talk about Alabama and Ohio State. Um, but first and foremost, congratulations to Devontae Smith, who won the 2020 Heisman Trophy. Um, of course, Smith won. He's amazing. Uh, he's the wide receiver, the third Crimson Tide player to win the Heisman. And he, I believe, is the only the fourth wide receiver to receive the award um since the and the first since i believe 1991 you might want to google that don't trust me podcast listeners (laughs) um (laughs) but amazing player he posted an fbs best at 1511 receiving yards and 98 receptions in 11 games during the 2020 season and that does not include the college football playoff and he also caught 17 touchdown passes so i mean what a beast what a beast i can't guys incredible and and finally the heisman voters got it right um right i think so often they don't and everything's becoming a quarterback driven football league or you know however you want to put it in this case but it's not always it's not always the case um right and and i think here it could have been easy to give it to mac jones and maybe even deservedly so but Devontae smith my goodness is that guy good um yeah and then and then you saw what he did in the just the first half one half Un- unbelievable it, 215 yards or something like that and just ridiculous yeah. he's he's very good he's very good and and everybody knows too i mean i went to Ole miss i hate alabama it's why is every why is every episode coming to who i hate why do we have, why can't toddy. we talk about who i like huh yeah hotty toddy but why can't we talk because about who everyone, i like for once because everyone that you like like sucks at sports <laughs> that's true i do i do like well I don't know, but um, <laughs> it's it's just uh, it's not fun watching Alabama win every year. But you know what? They're good. And and the the one thing that I I want to address here though, and and I don't know if you'll agree or disagree, but this is not an indication that the SEC is what I saw somebody say quote the only power conference. Get out of here. No, it's not. It's no. It's it's very top heavy. You could say. Alabama is on another level than everyone else in the country, but their their conference is not better than every conference in the country. No, like I said, maybe yeah. it was last last episode or an episode before. Sure, the SEC is really good. They should be really good. Um, but maybe they were the best ten years ago. They haven't really been the best for a while, and 
they're just getting more opportunities. Uh, and especially in a year where that conference was the only conference that was going to play really a full slate. Um, they were willing to play non-conference games, the ACC as well as in kind of the same position in the same area of the country. And it's just this year, this year is kind of a wash to me. I, I don't know. I, I, it doesn't yeah. hold much weight when you talk about conference strength. So many players opting out. Um, players getting you know, sick. You, coaches getting yeah. sick. It's, yeah, how, do it's you, just... how do you make a determination? I just don't think that you can. You can't, um, and I, I, I 100% agree with you. I mean, I think that SEC, I don't think SEC football is like, like it, it's really good and everything. I just think that, um, I think that there's a lot of focus on it is the thing, and I think that like football is just huge in the South, and there's just like this whole brand around SEC football and they've branded it super well. Um, and I, I think that that's a lot of why people think it's the cream of the crop, best of the best. They can't compete with anybody else kind of a thing. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And I think that, I mean, just going back to the Heisman Trophy thing, I agree with you also that the Heisman voters finally got it right and you're right they they have made it a quarterback thing i just wanted to like double check on like the last 10 years and excluding excluding Devonte smith ex from this year just looking from 2019 to 2009 there have been nine quarterback heisman trophy winners and mm -hmm. two uh running backs which were mark ingram and derrick henry um both of whom yeah were from Alabama. So I'm just glad that there's finally some attention on players who like actually deserve it instead of making it just a quarterback thing, just a, a running back thing, just because, you know, I mean, of course these people who have like Joe Burrow of, I mean, I think that that was maybe a good decision. I feel well, I mean, bad. It was an insane year. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Um, I feel bad about what's what's been going on with Joe Burrow um, mm -hmm. lately, but um, I mean, like with Baker Mayfield, well, yeah, he was a good. I think he was a good choice, but and like Johnny Manziel, um, just like looking at all this other stuff. Cam Newton was 2010, so you know, mm -hmm. I, good choices. But you're right. I mean, even just like scrolling through it, it's all quarterback, quarterback. There's one cornerback, um, running back, running back. Um, yeah, it's just it's just a little bit crazy. But the game itself, like, I mean, as much as I like, as much as we both don't like Alabama, specifically Nick Saban, it's just like it's hard to say anything about it. He's got his program the way that he has it, and it works. It works. Um, yeah. 13 and zero, eighteenth national title in program history. Um, it's just putting them in a special light um and i don't know really like what else to say honestly i just i just don't like him and i'm i've i was excited at first like the first two quarters i thought were really interesting and intense um and i had some hope 
<laughs> that Ohio State was going to win. Um, but then, of course, in the third quarter, Alabama was just like, okay, time to kick it in gear. We're going to destroy them. And that's what they did. Um, and kudos to Alabama for being able to kick it into high gear and being able to do that. Um, but, God, it's just so boring again, you know? Like, I thought this was going to be better because it wasn't going to be Alabama Clemson, but I was wrong. I was wrong. It was just as boring. Yeah, I mean, I I honestly don't even really have a problem with Nick Saban, personally. I just don't. Alabama don't miss arrivals. Like, not going to like Alabama. It's just not going to happen. Are you going to like Colorado State? No. Uh, no, so, it sucks to be a CSU Ram. If anybody from Colorado State is listening to this, you can leave. Please keep listening. I I like <laughs> please. You. We need the I we like need you. the viewers. I already lost all of Cleveland, so if we can just <laughs> please keep Colorado State people, that would be really great. Uh, but <laughs> I don't know anybody that like personally that went to Colorado State, so I have no friends that like I don't know. That go there, so go buffs. That's what I'm talking about. But uh, where where were we? Um, <laughs> so it's funny when you look when you look at the Heisman uh, conversation and you look at the, the players that have won the Heisman. I was correct me if I'm wrong because you still have that pulled up. Uh, yes, I do. Um, Reggie Bush was the last one to. Oh no, Marcus Mariota was the last one to win it uh, outside of the East Coast. And then before that was Reggie Bush. I'm scrolling, scrolling, scrolling because it's a long list. Yeah. Um, yep. Marcus Mariota, Oregon, 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, and then who, what was the other name that you said? Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush. Reggie, Reggie. 2005. Reggie. Yep. USC. But that was vacated. Yeah, it, it was. But it still counts. Uh, I, I don't understand this East coast Southern bias selecting is, I mean, is it really, is it really what I said the other time we were on here that it's about who, who, uh, who they're actually watching? Are they really going to bed before all the games are done? I don't know. Like I thought Christian yes. McCaffrey should have won it, uh, at some point. And yeah. th- there are a few others. We don't need to go into too much detail about that but it's just like i mean it gets it gets ridiculous andrew luck probably should have beaten rg3 didn't where where's the love to the pac-12 uh there is no love there's none (laughs) not at all though pac-12 signed such a bad uh tv deal that i don't even really see them recovering for a long time oh yeah no yeah i don't know the specifics of the deal but it is terrible and uh, it's it's hard to watch the Pac-12. I mean, yeah, really, really hard it's, to watch the Pac-12. I like can't even uh, stream the Pac-12, and I've got like all the backend sites and everything because I don't mm-hmm. have cable. So I borrow people's logins and I stream things on the internet. Um, but yeah, it's not good at all. Um, and I, like, I, I'm bummed about it because I grew up with the Pac-12. I 
went to a Pac-12 school um, in person. For my graduate degree, I did not set foot on the Northwestern campus, not once. I have never been to Chicago nor Evanston, so I never even got to see a Northwestern football game um, in person, which is something that is on my bucket list. Um, I'd like to go to a Big Ten game someday, but um, it's a little, like, disappointing that I'm not able to actually watch the teams and the schools that I grew up with as a child like play sports and I basically like have the ESPN app and I listen to the radio for sports and that doesn't help because then my ADHD just like I start doing five other things and then I miss an entire game um but yeah it's not a good tv deal and they should really rethink that. But the Pac-12 has a lot of issues that I think that people don't really realize um, with the administration side of things. Not mm-hmm. like the coaching and the teams, but just administratively, the Pac-12 mm-hmm. needs a little bit of work. Well, the Pac-12 does something that a lot of conferences won't do, which is turn down athletes that can't get into the schools. Um, True. It has really some of the highest quality education of any power conference in the country and really any conference in the country. And it's so when we, when we look at it and we want to pick this apart and say, well, the PAC 12 is doing this wrong and that wrong, but maybe these things are, are the right thing to do from a moral perspective as opposed to sort of a business perspective. And because ultimately this is supposed to be, it's supposed to be amateur sports and really how much yes. profit in, in the initial stages, how much profit was really supposed to be made off of this. So maybe the Pac-12 is doing the right thing. I, but I do think that signing a TV contract that restricts watching to so many people, even in the area, I don't have, I have cable. I don't have Pac-12 network. Um, you know, you pre COVID, you'd have to go to a bar to watch it or something, a restaurant, yeah. something to, to be able to watch games but um you know it's just there's just maybe they're on to something and they're just they're just a decade ahead and things will change in that direction but you know they've certainly lost out on a lot of really good recruits at ucla and cal where players just couldn't get into the school and um didn't didn't meet those minimum requirements and they ended up going elsewhere which i don't think is necessarily a bad thing because at the end of the day, these are schools, these are universities and they have standards that need to be upheld. And, mm-hmm. you know, if we're gonna, if we're gonna punish one group of people, like we saw not long ago with these kind of side door, uh, admission scandals, um, you know, we need to, we need to hold everybody to that same standard. So just because a guy's really good at football, doesn't mean that he should get into UCLA if he can't, if he can right. all the power to him. But, um, you know, I, maybe it's not such a bad thing after all. I don't know. I don't know. You've been closer to that side of things than I have in my life. Uh, yeah. So where, where, where do you stand? I, I agree. Um, I think from a selfish kind of point of view, um, I, I do believe that colleges are there for the main reason of educating people. Um, and Mm -hmm. I believe that, that, 
standards should be upheld and they should be consistent across whether you are part of athletics or whether you are just a um, academic student. Um, I have seen um, special treatment, not necessarily with anybody that I've worked with um, in an athletic department, but on the uh, professor side of things, I have seen special treatment being given um, to student athletes versus students who are just there to go to college. Um, now, whether or not this is uh, condemned by the institution that I was at or it's um, encouraged at the institution I was at, I do not know. Um, yeah, no. I'm assuming that it, it's not encouraged and I'm assuming that this is solely based on the professors that I have interacted with. Um, but I have seen special treatment being given and it really, um, pisses me off to be quite frank. Um, mm. I would love special treatment. Uh, I worked three jobs at one point in my college career, um, was a full-time student and I would have loved to have extended deadlines and easier grading, but yet I was given none of that and I was still able to do my schoolwork, do my free jobs, mm -hmm. get paid, go home, eat, do what I needed to do, and I was completely fine. I graduated in four years. I graduated with an okay GPA. Not great, but okay. Um, and I've got a college degree, went to graduate school, and now I'm studying for law school. So it, it, it's possible. And I think that, you know, if you can't handle being a student athlete and going to college, I do feel like, and this brings us into a completely different topic of the college farming system, which mm -hmm. we can also talk about at another point. Um, but I do believe that there should be another way for students or young college athletes instead of having to go to college for X amount of years, like the NCAA Division One manual prescribes students of what they have to do before they can be recruited. There should be another way for students to either get an AA or some kind of other type of degree and still be able to pursue professional sports if they feel that that is the way that they want to go. Um, we cannot rely on the college farming system to continually push out athletes, um, specifically just looking at it from an academic point of view. It's, it brings down the um, credibility of universities and it brings down the faith that people have in an institution. And um, I believe that that's something that not a lot of people probably think about when they go to college, specifically people who aren't athletes, um, but people who want to work in the sports industry, whether that's being an athlete or being on the front office team or coaching, etc. cetera. Um, mm -hmm. That's something that I think about quite frequently. Um, and just trying to think of how people are doing it ethically. And culture is something that's huge to me in whatever kind of job I work in. I want to be in a culture where I'm appreciated and things are being done the right way. Um, so that's what I look for um, is are you doing things ethically and is your culture somewhere yeah. where I would fit in? But yeah, yeah the I think the Pac-12 is doing it right. And I, I don't know. I have a special soft spot in my heart for the Pac-12, you know, um, 
grew up in a UCLA family, went to UCLA Bruins family camp as a kid, sleepaway camp, um, was brainwashed into hating USC. Um, <laughs> when I applied to USC as an undergraduate, my family almost disowned me. So um, <laughs> I didn't get in. Well, I didn't get into either school, but I, I especially didn't get into USC. So they were happy about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I don't I don't really know. It's it's tough. It's tough. And I feel like I had something else that I was going to say, and it just, like, completely went out of my head. I don't remember what topic it was going to be on. Oh, no, I do remember. It's on the same topic. Okay, so I was chatting with a friend who went to Purdue, and I'm not going to name the specific NBA player or what team he was on. However, my friend took a class with an NBA, a potential NBA player. He now plays for a team. Um he said that he was the dumbest person he has ever met. And I think that that also um, shows that some schools prioritize good players over the educational aspects of it. He said that he had to teach this player how to save an Excel document, which I feel like is self-explanatory. Well, I'm, it depends what background you, you come from. Is It could be... The, uh, look, I went to a university with with a lot of students that were of a um, you know financially difficult background, and it was access to stuff that they really have never had access to before. And when so you're talking about computers and you know all that sort of stuff, so there's there's an argument to be made there that it's, it's just like for being honest, we a lot of what we can do with a lot of technologies we come from a pretty a relatively privileged background and everybody privileged. has their struggles True. but um so that's definitely something to think about and i'll I'll True. tell you that that on on a the legal side of of things that you can do to support your student athletes the Olmus uh, FedEx Student Athlete Academic Success Center is one of the most incredible things that I've seen um, around college sports because it was built, you know, specifically for student athletes to get help with academics. They have tutors that they're assigned to. They must show up to tutoring to be able to play. Um, and I think a, a big misconception that I heard often was you go to that place and they hold your hand and walk you through school, and it couldn't be further from the truth. Um, yeah. They bring you in and make you do the things that you're supposed to do, really help you and teach you how to do the things that need to be done to be successful in college. And the truth is, when you're talking about specialized schools and you're talking about turning you know, sports in, the sports industry into sort of a, um, into a trade school sort of thing, uh, for lack of a better word, I think it's a really dangerous thing to put yourself into because now your degree is in something sports related or you were on the track to be a professional and you blew out your knee and now it's done for you. Um, Definitely. And, and so having a degree in something else can't hurt. Now should colleges be the only thing that whole discussion is another academic discussion that people are having on an academic podcast where they're saying, is college really that necessary? Now now right. you need a college degree. Now you need a bachelor's degree. Now, now you need a master's to 
really do anything that you want to do. Um, and honestly, a master's doesn't even get you that far. Trust me, my yeah, my master's it, has not really helped me at all. And that's why I'm going for a law degree, which is like, that's three degrees now. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, it's expensive. Like, oh my gosh. Yes, it is expensive. And I think that when I was saying that, like um, not having to go to college, I think it was mostly like having them being able to like still get an AA in something or having them be able to get a bachelor's. But I think that, you know, you shouldn't have to wait four seasons since the last time you were in high school or the last like season before your 18 the rules behind the reason why student athletes have to go to college i think is what i'm talking about is mm-hmm. what needs to change because if if a student athlete um goes to college and they go for two years or something and they're in their prime and they're like top of the line and whatever and they want to be drafted they can't be um mm-hmm. so i think that there's something to say around that but no i completely agree with you i think the thing that struck me as odd specifically with the story about my friend is that they were business students in their senior year in their last semester and as a business student myself i was required to take multiple excel classes and oh, so that okay. that that's just what struck me <laughs> as odd i should have okay, i should have prefaced that as, yeah, at no, first I, but no i, I completely no, 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 you didn't. But I completely agree with you is that people do come from different backgrounds and it's important to to realize that um, people aren't as fortunate as we might have been in our upbringings. But there are there are many a dumb person in college. I can <laughs> I can assure you of that. So that's nothing. That's nothing new. There will always be dumb people in the world. Yeah, um, but that's what makes college. us unique. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes i wonder how i finished college yeah, see, uh, right? like completely completely honest but <laughs> yeah it's just it's just too much today has been a day folks we've talked about football we talked about sam just moving to an island and never watching sports ever again which let's be honest it probably won't happen because if anybody knows sam like i do he can't stay away from sports specifically baseball I've so tried. but i think that's all the time that we've got for today so thank you all for listening make sure that you hit that subscribe button if you're watching us on youtube make sure to hit the follow button if you're listening to us on anywhere you can find podcasts specifically apple music and spotify and stay tuned for next week when we bring you another episode of heels on the court we'll talk to you later